Sorry for the little bit of a delayed start. Hopefully things are working the way they're supposed to work. And and uh, so we're having a little bit of a uh, computer problem in the studio, but fortunately I'm not in the studio today. So um, I'm in this case it's probably better I'm not in the studio than being in the studio. But anyway, it's uh, it's uh, Saturday morning here, and uh, we are still live, so uh, you can you can join us when you want. And and Dennis Dennis and uh, the crew are trying to make sure things are getting back to the way they're supposed to be in the sure, studio. Sure. So. And uh, so, uh, you know, things things should be working okay, I think. But we're working on it still. So I uh, apologize for any issues. Uh, similar uh, similar but different than we had last week during the Boston Auto Show. We were there for the uh, Mass uh, Auto Dealers Association Student Skills Competition. And it's a, it's a great event. It's it's a lot of work. A lot of people put a lot of work into it uh, all old friend Howie Ferris who used to run the automotive program at Mass Bay Community College is sort of one of the team leaders on that along with a fellow by the name of George who was working for Zubaru but now works for Ford as a as a tech rep and uh, tech reps from Toyota and uh, and Audi were there as well as people from Hunter it's always a it's a good event and all these people and oh yeah I can't forget Dave McCormick from uh, Copeland Toyota all these people do it because they think they should just do it. They don't get extra time off from work. There's no benefit to them. They just feel that automotive education is really important. Somebody's got to fix the cars today. Um, there's also there was a company there that builds these mock-ups of things that is uh, that uh, allows students to try to test individual components of cars without having the car there. So they they basically they're kind of like cutaways and electronic uh, parts that they can test and make it all work. And they don't do it. They're not there. They're not trying to you know. Dave from Copeland Toyota, yeah, he'd love to hire some new technicians, some high school kids that maybe they're going on to college, maybe they're not. But, you know, that isn't why they're there. They're there to try to uh, build that interest in automotive education. And I was there. I was pleased to be there. Uh, well, we had a little little trouble doing my show from there because we had uh, an issue with Comcast, and maybe it's even the same kind of issue we're having now. I don't know. But um, the... Uh, it, it was it was great to be there. It was great to support them. I was there till just about four o'clock in the afternoon last Saturday, so that was that was a uh, you know it was a long day. I got I think I left my house at uh, five fifteen or so because you never know getting into the Boston Convention Center when you're sort of not supposed to be there can always be a bit of a challenge, and. Uh, it uh, you know they gave me special parking directions where to park, so I uh, you know found my parking space eventually got in of course the security people said oh yeah you know you need to be on a list i kind of was on a list i went up to uh get into the show and the woman security guard said to me uh yeah i don't see you getting in here early and so i had to call the head of security who had to call her that said it was okay for me to be there and got my way in and you know found my table uh, next to the sullivan tire people again they're there because they think it's the right thing to do uh, Steve Dickerman was sort of heading that up from the folks at Sullivan Tire, and it just it turns into a good event. The uh, a team from Blackstone Valley Votech in Upton is the one who won, and they will be headed off to New York uh, during the New York Auto Dealers uh, uh, Car Show. So the New York 
uh, Greater New York Auto Dealers Association puts on the, the New York Auto Show, which is one of the biggest car shows in the in the country. And during the show, the the techni- um, this technician challenge will take place at the same time. So, a lot of uh, you know a lot of effort for both the students and the kids involved in this. So it's always a great thing, and it's always a great thing to see it see it all happen all at once so uh congratulations to the all the teams that competed whether you were in first place or last place uh you were way ahead of a whole bunch of other teams that didn't make it to that far so i encourage every student that was there to uh even though right now it's pretty easy to get hired as a mechanic um put it on your resume that you competed in this event because this event's been around for a little while and uh, some of the people that are going to hire you may have been in the same event. So always always good to see all of that and see how it all works. So also coming up uh, soon uh, is something called the Fisker Ocean. And this is an all-electric vehicle. Fisker was building cars a while back, and it was not a great car. And I might have talked to George Kennedy about this last week. And it was it was a very stylish car. It had an interesting it had three interesting models. One was kind of an eco model, which meant everything in the car was biodegradable. So the seats were made out of biodegradable material, the dash, everything was made out of this biodegradable material. And so that was sort of their eco model. The problem is it was powered by the same drivetrain that powered the Chevrolet Volt, and they didn't do anything different about it it was uh had the same kind of lackluster performance it had good good mileage but other than it looked pretty interesting there wasn't a whole lot more to it than that and uh, but they have this new fisker ocean and it's an all-electric luxury suv they're saying it's the world's most sustainable vehicle and um to find out uh, more information, I guess you can go to Fisker, but you can reserve a Fisker Ocean all-electric luxury SUV for $250 per reservation. It has a mobile app-based flexible lease model starting at $379 a month. So I guess you just put it in an app and you can lease it for $379 a month beginning in 2022 with no long-term contracts, all maintenance and repairs covered. They call it the world's most sustainable vehicle, feature all digital, convenient and hassle-free experience from leasing maintenance and individualized insurance quotes at the lowest rates possible so again i guess no dealership you buy it online fisker ocean officially reveal um uh they showed a prototype just this month and the designer and manufacturer world's most their, their words not mine most emotion stirring eco-friendly vehicle and advanced mobility solutions is open reservations up to Take a look and see what's going on. Availability globally on the App Store and Google Play Store. Reservations are just $250. I think it's about $40,000 by the time it's done. And we were at work the other day. We were talking about the cost of the, the typical new car cost today and whether people would actually go out and buy an electric vehicle. And right now, people are certainly some people will. Um, but the average new car price is almost $34,000. And, you know, the argument is, well, the typical electric car, so a Chevrolet Bolt, uh, maybe something from Kia or Hyundai, is in that range. Uh, Tesla Model 3 supposedly starts at that range, although I don't know of anybody who actually bought one for that price. And then there is the uh, 
and then and then there you they kind of go up from there so people well it's a little bit more money but you can get an electric car and be eco-friendly and all of that the problem is that most people don't buy new cars I mean, there was, sure, there were 17 million new cars sold last year, so that's a lot of new cars. But the typical transaction price is usually related to used cars, and people spend about $20,000 on average. Um, when you factor in the price of a used car and a new car together, that $34,000 new car versus that used car that could be, you know, $1,000 for all, for all you know, and then you average them all together and go, well... Um, yeah, about nineteen thousand dollars is kind of is kind of the way it works. So anyway, so there Are you, you getting go. Getting texts. I am getting texts. Silence your phone. You're on the radio. And one of them, one of them is from. Uh, they're from one of them's from Matt, and uh, something about the stream. So, uh, Dennis, are we back in business here? Um. As far as I, I hear, you're over the air. Um, I yep. can go out to the car to see if you're actually being broadcast, and I can come back. <laughs> Is there a radio right in the corner there? Can't you make it that easier? Um, is there a radio in the in the production studio? I think yeah, there no, is. There's a radio here. I'll, I'll check it yeah. out. Just keep talking. Yeah. Well, yeah. So uh, somebody somebody texted me and said they're listening on the stream, uh, and somebody else texted me and said. Uh, Earlier, oh, Bobby Brooks texted me and said, it seems that WROL is coming through the radio, but not on the stream. And then somebody else said, I'm listening on the stream. And Matt says he just restarted the stream. So, ghosts, ghosts in the machine is what's going on right now, I guess. Uh, so, um, yeah, figure it all out, I suppose. Um, a little bit more about the, the Fisker Ocean. It's uh, leading up to its official unveil of a full production model. Uh, they have patent pending something called the California mode, which will be standard on all trim levels except the base version, allowing passengers to experience the sun, fresh air, and open air failing without being a convertible. Sounds like a sounds like a moonroof. Uh, Four-wheel drive versions uh, with electric motors front and rear of the vehicle will be available. Ample towing, uh, you know, typical electric car sort of stuff. Uh, but it's interesting to see that they're they're all giving it a shot. They're all trying it. So. Um, uh, again, there's early early purchase options. A full-length solar roof that supports the car's um, energy source. And um, let's see. The, the latest thing is now the stream was uh, just playing commercials for like 15 minutes. But now I hear John's voice. So apparently the stream is working. So um, who knows what's going on. There is a vegan interior, by the way. Just so that hasn't changed. Fully recycled carpeting made from regenerated nylon, which is made from abandoned fishing net waste. Is there really that much of it? Um, support of the car's electric power system from that full solar roof. As technology evolves, fiscal will feature uh, integrated hardware solutions for better energy yields and more free clean miles per year. Uh, vegan interior. Should you be a vegan? 100% polycarbonate, polyurethane surfaces, and 100% reinforced rayon backing meet stringent chemical emission standards for various VOCs. Um, so those are volatile organic compounds, such as formaldehyde and eco-suede. That sounds like it's not really suede. Interior textures and patterns, and something called dynam dynamica, 
which is derived from polyester fibers, t-shirts, fibers, and recycled plastic bottles. Sounds like polar fleece. Sounds like an interior that's made out of polar fleece. Recycling polyester means reducing energy consumption and CO2 emissions compared to 80%. Uh, fixture will utilize discarded rubber waste generated during tire manufacturing and no longer be dumped in ran landfills. So, I mean, it sounds like they're trying to really talk about a lot of interesting eco-friendly things with this fisk erosion. Um, give them credit. If they, can, if they can be another player in the electric car, electric car market, that is all the better because, um, you know, talking to Gary Edgar from the Boston Auto Show last year, I mean last week, I said to him, the show seems to be getting smaller. And he looks at me with a look of, um, yeah, uh, because no Saturn, no Pontiac, no Oldsmobile. That probably accounted for 30 cars at the show. Then Mercedes, BMW, Jaguar, Land Rover, and Audi chose not to be in the show. So he said, that's why. But he said, just look at the car makers that are not showing cars. Well, I really think Tesla should have been there. And, you know, maybe next year you'll see more of these electric car manufacturers being there. Well, just when you thought the uh, Takata airbag recall was over, an additional 10 million Takata airbag inflators that were used by more than a dozen car companies in the U.S. are being recalled, according to NHTSA. Takata, which filed for bankruptcy three years ago, was already at the center of one of the largest auto industry recalls, impacting tens of millions of vehicles. There's this recall for Takata airbag uh, that were previously used to replace older Takata airbags. So this is, I'm, you know, I don't predict the future very well, but that was one of the things I said when the Takata airbags were being recalled. All they were doing was replacing them with the same airbag inflator, which the one of the reasons that the airbags were being recalled is because as they got old, the propellant inside would act up and heat and humidity would be an issue and it would actually cause deterioration of where the airbag mounted and because of that that's where the airbag would literally fly off of its perch where it was mounted to and could cause could cause damage um, so this recall is a recall of the airbags that were replaced during the first recall boy that sounds confusing uh, so uh, they're scheduled to occur under the Takata Coordinated Remedy Order that NHTSA told the news, all the news stations about. So uh, the inflators were an interim replacement for the ones that were part of the initial recall. The permanent replacement will not use ammonium nitrate, which is what was used in this. Airbag inflators are used in 14 car companies currently in the U.S., according to documents from Ford, GM, Toyota, BMW, and more. Takata said 10 million number is an estimate and represents the quality produced for the U.S. market. The company said that NHTSA, in the NHTSA document, the company said many of these inflators were never installed on vehicles. Uh, so we'll have to wait and see. In, in total, talk about the largest recall in history, 41.6 million vehicles uh, had defective Takata airbags in them. Faulty Takata airbag inflators have killed at least 25 people and injured hundreds more. About 100 million Takata inflators are being recalled. Manufacturers will identify which models are impacted and are supposed to notify consumers. If I had a car that I was concerned about, I would go on the National Highway Traffic Safety website, put in your 17-digit vehicle identification uh, number, and then 
once you do that it'll let you know if your car is part of the recall or not just to let you know Dennis how we doing there well we're over the air and the streaming's working b-bar still not working all right so does that mean I I had an opportunity to talk with Jack Perkins earlier is that something you can actually play still that's one of the things I tested earlier I believe we should be able to play it okay well, uh, last weekend was the Boston Auto Show. This weekend is the Rhode Island Auto Show. And I had a few minutes, and this is a, this is a um, pre-recorded interview. I'm not going to try to fool you into thinking it's live. It was a pre-recorded interview uh, with Jack Perkins. He's the executive director of the Rhode Island Dealers Association. And uh, I said, to, I think I started off by saying to Jack, Hey, Jack, uh, the Rhode Island Auto Show is coming into town. Is that, is that so? Sure. The show starts on uh, Friday, uh, January 24th, and ends on Sunday the 26th. There'll be uh, over 250 new vehicles, um, the latest and the best that dealers offer, uh, the, the best in technology and safety features um, and styling. Uh we think people will be very excited to see what's there, and uh, it really gives them uh, one location to do their uh, shopping for a new vehicle, and uh, we, we think that uh, they'll enjoy it. Yeah, it really is. It's really a good opportunity not to feel like you're being pressured. You just go in, you look around, you can do comparison one car to another, uh, and there's usually some very informed people there to be able to let you know what kind of options are available, you know, what does this come with and what does this come with. Uh, surprising how, uh, maybe it isn't surprising, but it's surprising how informed some of these uh, some of these folks are. Yeah, that's really the reason for these shows is that to, it's a tool for uh, consumers to get as much done in a short period of time as they can. You know, purchasing a new vehicle is a big, is a big deal, and so we put on these shows to make it as convenient as possible. There'll be product specialists. There'll be representatives from dealers. It is a non-selling show, so people won't feel pressured to make a decision. But they can literally, you know, go from one display to another uh, within seconds and sit in the car, uh, see all the features, talk to the representatives, and, uh, and learn as much as they can and help narrow down their choices. Yeah, it, it really is, and it gives people the opportunity to really do that, and again, in that non-pressured environment. Uh, also, you know, it doesn't hurt. It's indoors. It's comfortable. It's, uh, you don't have to, you know, if you're going out car shopping this time of year, it can be a little bit snowy. It can be a little bit miserable out. It's all indoors. It's all nice. Yeah, it is. It's a very comfortable building. Uh, we, we like uh, having it at the Rhode Island Convention Center. It lays out very well, gives the manufacturers as much space as they need, allows consumers to get through all the displays within a few hours and, uh, and really uh, see what's out there. Many of the vehicles will be uh, connected to uh, electrical supply, so it shows the features. They can sit in them. Uh, they can see the dash uh, and, and talk, and they'll be on, on um, you know, virtual displays in some cases, which will show many of the features on screens and things like that. So it really is kind of a unique opportunity, or I guess it is a unique opportunity to see that much uh, in one place. 
Yeah, it really is, and it's uh, it's easy to get in and out of. The parking garage is right next door, so uh, you can you can almost I don't want to say you can go in shorts and a t-shirt, but uh, but it's pretty it's pretty easy to get out of get in and out of, and uh, you don't have to you don't have to feel like you have to um, dress for. Uh, uh, the worst of winter weather to get there, which is always kind of a nice thing too. Uh, do you know? Yeah. Any, do you know of any surprises that are going to be there this year? And I guess if you tell us, it's not really a surprise. But well, we uh, we don't always know until the vehicles show up. Yeah. Um, you know, a lot of times we'll get vehicles that are not actually available yet, right. um, but are scheduled to be uh, before too long, or maybe in a year. Um, and so it's, you know, as we get closer to the show and, and sometimes when they're actually moving the vehicles in is when we find those things out. But, you know, we most, it's amazing what vehicles have, uh, you know, the new vehicles now with the uh, uh, safety features, the lane departure uh, warnings, the blind spots, the uh, uh yeah, you're right. They're, control. Yeah, they're all yeah, they're, they're almost all self-driving these days. They're not quite obviously, but the advanced no. driver assistance systems can make these cars uh, safer than they've ever been. And these systems that were only seen in high-end Mercedes and Audis and and Lexuses, uh, we're starting to see in uh, uh, Honda Civics and Toyota Corollas. Oh yeah, no, it's widespread. And uh, it, what's interesting, I think it was uh, the federal government had a study not too long ago, um, which indicated that these safety features are actually leading to lower uh, fatalities uh, on the highways. And so, you know, obviously people still have to pay attention, be in control of their vehicle, but these warnings that they're given by the vehicle are, are it's turning out that they're, they're helping. Yeah, well, it, it really is, and, uh, you know, it's getting some people to pay attention. Uh, we always say, you know, nothing nothing replaces an engaged driver, but sometimes engaged drivers need a little bit of help, and uh, these kind of things happen, and, and sometimes it's as simple as, you know, making sure you have your phone connected through your Bluetooth or, or Apple Car, CarPlay or Android Auto just to make sure that you have you have the, the ability to drive as safely as you can, and, and people will be able to see this new technology, and uh, in some cases, there's even some road tests available, right? Uh, I'm not sure about at our show this yep. year. Um, we have in the past. Right. It's possible that there'll still be some. Um, but you're, you can almost, not that you're driving within the, the building, but, you know, when you get behind the wheel, you almost feel as though you are. Um, and so uh, I, I think that people are going to be impressed with, with what they find in these vehicles. And, and as you say, they, it's widespread. It's in the lower end models. Um, and, and much of, I mean, people should always pay attention right. and, and be very alert and everything. And you can drive as safely as you can, but you can't control the person ahead of you or somebody else on the road. And yeah. so many times these vehicles are alerting you to something, to what somebody else is doing. Right. And so, you know, it just kind of keeps you on your toes a little bit better uh, when, when the vehicle is reacting or, or uh, warning you of something that's about to happen. Yeah, absolutely true. Well, uh, a little bit of detail on the show, uh, uh, dates of the show, times when it starts, things like that. Yeah, the show is uh, Friday, uh, January 24th, and opens at noon, closes at 10, Saturday, January 25th. 
opens at 10 and closes at 10. And then Sunday, January 26th, it will be open from uh, 10 to 6. And uh, tickets are available at the door. And I know I just got a copy of Motor Trend magazine in the mail, and there was two complimentary tickets. In fact, Motor Trend was compliments of you, actually, compliments of the 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 auto show and the Rhode Island Dealers Association. It was two complimentary tickets for Friday. So, uh, so for people who uh, who subscribe to Motor Trend, look look for the tickets in the magazine. Yeah, and, and that's one of the uh, benefits of coming to the show is you can uh, become a subscriber to Motor Trend at no cost. We throw that in for people that come to the show. Happy to give them that magazine for a year, and it does uh, include tickets. There you go. Jack, uh, best of luck with the show, and uh, talk soon. Thank you very much. All right. Have a great weekend. Yes, you too. Hey, and I want to thank Jack Perkins for spending a little time with me to, talking about the uh, Rhode Island Auto Show, which is taking place this weekend. And I know we gave, uh, we're, they're not quite as generous, I'll be honest. They're not as generous with tickets, and maybe I just didn't ask for enough. Uh, by the way, the uh, good folks at Paragon, Paragon, which is the company who runs the Boston Auto Show, gave me 150 tickets to give away. I gave away every one of them, and then... Uh, actually, one of the people at the radio station said, hey, you got any tickets to the auto show? I thought I'd bring my kids. And so I had to actually ask for a few more so they could pick them up. Uh, so uh, so a lot of our listeners hopefully got to go to the auto show or, or, or got the tickets and gave them away or did something, but I put them all in the mail. And for people who were looking for the Rhode Island auto show tickets, I uh, put them in the mail the last week or so. Uh, the end of them went out on Tuesday because of the uh, the uh, Martin Luther King holiday. The mail wasn't delivered then, so they went out on Tuesday. So hopefully you got them so you could go to the show. Uh, and, and it's uh, right in, in Providence at the uh, convention center. And I think what there's on... Speaking of the show... Um, yes. The auto show. Um, we just got a call from Skippy. He said that you Skippy. sent some tickets, yep. um, but he could not go because um, of his job. But he did give them away to somebody, and it turned out to be really good because he gave them to a friend who was estranged from his son for many years, and they went together and kind of reconnected. So you did a wonderful thing there. So it was like a Lifetime movie. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes, it was. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they all end the same, all those Lifetime movies. Now, um, yeah, they do. But um, <laughs> So we're going to try to take a call. Um, okay. I don't know if he's still there because I saw him flash up again on another line, but we're going to go to okay. John Diamond, see if he uh, is there. Let's, let's see if our buddy John Diamond's with us. Mr. Diamond. Mr. Diamond. Hello, Mr. Diamond. It sounds hello, like hello. he dropped. He did, okay. Well, if you would like to join us and t at least test out our phone, 617-770-3030, 617-770-3030, why don't we take another break? Um, I don't think we have break music, but I think we have breaks to take, and we also have to tell you where you, what you're listening to, and you're listening to the Car Doctor program on AM 950 WROL, the Spirit of Boston, 100.3 FM, or maybe you're listening on the stream, which is now back up and running on WROLradio.com. We'll be right back.
And welcome back to the Car Doctor program on AM 950 WROL, The Spirit of Boston. Apparently, the commercials don't run either. So, whatever's going on back in the studio is still, is the ghost in the machine is still uh, causing some some issues. So, uh, a lot of talking today, I guess, is the only thing we can do. And uh, and hopefully, uh, if we could talk to you. Uh, if you want to give us a call at 617-770-3030, 617-770-3030. And we also have another taped interview which apparently we still can run and that was uh we'll we'll do that maybe a little bit later that was with uh, james bell james bell is the head of public relations for kia and uh the kia telluride's done pretty good we'll talk about that a little bit later but right now i want to talk about nissan will uh join a move to electrify u.s pickup trucks you think there's you know was it just tesla well you know back some time ago uh Bob Lutz, originally with Chrysler and Interstate Battery and wrote a book, decided he was going to build an electric pickup truck built on a Chevrolet truck. And that was a failure. That never went anywhere. But now, all of a sudden, it seems like everybody's jumping on board to build electric trucks, whether it's whether it's uh, you know Ford or, or GM or, or the Tesla with their goofy truck. Um, and I'm going to call it a goofy truck, and people are going to hate me, but that's okay. Engineers at Nissan are working to electrify the company's pickups, joining a growing field of competitors now interested in the segment. Electrification will be key to trucks, according to uh, Francois Bailey, global head of Nissan's light commercial vehicle business. Uh, he said in a press event, electric is fun to drive. It's fantastic torque, acceleration, quietness, all of that are great, but when and how it happens remains to be seen. Whether Nissan's pickups receive hybrid powertrains or full electric uh, battery powertrains will hinge on the results of the technology now in development and also on affordability. There's the word that I keep looking for. Um, There should not be any compromise in terms of towing, in terms of payload. I don't see that. I mean, towing and payload capacity with an electric truck doesn't really exist because they have so much torque and performance the problem is uh can you charge them up and where do you charge them up and there's there's talk about what can happen and i have an electric water heater at home and and my and my electric water heater actually runs on an off-peak meter so it charges up it heats up hot water when the lowest time use time of the day so what can some what the thought is electric vehicles will charge the same way and there's even talk about well when the electric grid needs a little bit of help which is my concern the grid um, the electric cars might be able to put electricity back in to see what happens uh, but let's uh, let's talk to let's talk to uh, Tom Tom good morning and welcome to an interesting version of the Car Doctor program this morning. Very interesting. We're out here, though. <laughs> uh, you, you were coming across fine at the beginning when you came on, loud and clear. Okay. So there wasn't any issue after you got on. But uh, yep. yeah, yeah. Uh, so the uh, the car show. Thank you for uh, the tickets. But I'll tell you, it it, it was kind of a letdown. Uh, it yeah. really was small. Uh, uh, it was the only time I've ever gone to the show where, really, when I left there. I almost said, I don't know if I ever want to come back. <laughs> to be and I got free yeah. tickets. <laughs> yeah, um, you know, you know, and and that's and that's the that's the funny part because um, uh, yeah, I was I got to say I was a little disappointed and and you know if you took out Factory Five had probably a a forty foot by forty foot display with some of their 
kit cars that were yeah. there. And yeah. if you took those out, you took out that big section in the middle that had a couple of cars from Audrain and a couple of cars from the Boston Cup, and you took all that out, and then a mm. couple of the vendors that were out, it was it would have looked lonely in there. It was. And, and there were also small things that are not there anymore. Like years ago, I, I know everything is electronic today, but when you come in, they, they give out bags. And there was a lot of paraphernalia to pick up yep. and bring home and maybe to look at. There wasn't any of that really at, at all. Mm-hmm. You know, you would yep. walk around and there would be some companies and they'd give you a little, you know, uh, yep. clips of this or that. It really wasn't any of that. Not that's important, but all of those things are what make, you know, something kind of different. And, and there was just nothing there. It was like bored to death. Now, like you say, all the, 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 the Mercedes cars, which I don't want, but the Audis, they're interesting to look at, and none of them were there. You know, <laughs> even like right. Nissan, they didn't have any trucks. You know, they're, they're kind of vans they sell. There was not, yep. none of those there. I went to look at the Honda Accord. They didn't have a regular Honda Accord. It was just a sport. And there was a yep. whole space in between there from one vehicle to another where they could have put three vehicles. So it was just very strange, you know. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I thought it was too. I mean, if it, if it wasn't for the if it wasn't for the, the Corvette and that electric Mustang SUV, the show right. would have been, there would have been nothing. That, yes. You know, to me, to me, seeing the new Corvette was worth seeing because I hadn't seen one other than in pictures. And seeing this, uh, the Mach-E, um, I, I was there on Thursday, so I actually got to go inside of it and look poke around a little bit. Uh, but still, just to see that those vehicles that were there was was great, and uh, and and like I said, you know, not new car stuff, but still, I like seeing the, uh, I like seeing right. the, um, um, you know, everything else that that gets involved in yeah. it. So, so that's, that's exactly too, so, yeah, yeah, and, and I, the big change that I've noticed over the years which is, is good, is fine, is that it's really becoming a family bringing the children, you know? Right. Uh, there's a lot, you go to go in a car and it's got five, six kids <laughs> playing yeah. in it, you know? Yeah. Which I don't really care. There's a Jeep, yeah. over the, to the Jeeps, there's this one they had, it's like sort of a, after the old willies, right? That thing yeah. was full. There must have been ten kids in the back yeah. hanging over it and stuff, having yeah. a good time, which is good to see anyways, you know? Yeah. But you I, know what I think? I, I, How come it seems as... Companies make more money, they give you less. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> it's like, it's like yeah. companies are doing great, and you seem to be getting less for it. i just give it one quick... You know what I think it is, John? I think the Trump economy is so great that they don't have to cater to us. They know the people have the money they're going to yeah, buy. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> you know, I, I, have no, I have no idea, but, but you're right. It does seem like... Um, you know, in 2008, when the economy collapsed, the car makers were literally crying. And then yeah. they, you know, as things started to get better, you, you, I mean, yeah, I, I, you know, to me, a car, a car show should be, you know, especially in Boston, you know, Boston's a, a world class city, you know, and there should be a world class car show. And, and I got I, I'm with you. I was a little bit disappointed. Um, you know, I, mm. I, I will go again. Because you know it's yeah, what I do, sure. but yeah, but uh, but yeah, I was a little bit disappointed too. But I guess, and that's where I I've been trying to say for a while now: make make a day out of it. Go to the car show. Go out. Go to one of the go to one of the restaurants in the area, and kind of make a whole day out of an event out of it. And you know, right? Um, 
you know, go go ride and the key. I don't know. Yeah, you know, I haven't done. Yeah, that and it was yet. interesting yeah. where you were at. I did go over to, and I did say hi to you where you were at with the uh, oh, you, you did? Know, the uh, competition. Yeah, I was when oh. I went there. Like not, I stopped over there quickly and just said hi to you, introduced myself, uh, oh. Tom. And uh, oh yeah, that's right, that's right. I'm sorry. <laughs> that's yeah. okay. You had a lot going on. You were packing, you were doing this and doing that. But it was interesting. Yeah. And it, I, was, I, wasn't, I wasn't. I wasn't. I wasn't cursing and swearing. Was I at Comcast? No, I no, that. no. I was no. doing that no, earlier. So. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> no. It was interesting though to see all those young, how young those kids are. And I'm saying, oh yeah, it's great to see you know what they could do. But it really made me feel old though. <laughs> well, I mean that that I got to tell you, the other thing that happens is two of the teachers there were students when I was judging a different contest. Wow. So uh yeah. so in fact one of them right. uh, uh, yeah one one of them one of them was a student uh two of them were students and one of and the service guy the service manager from Ron Bouchard was in the contest when it was hmm. the AAA Chrysler contest and I said to him I, ho- I hope I judged you fairly when you were in the contest and I was the final judge and he said oh yeah, yeah I think he did so so yeah, but right. again try to make you feel old you know so here's this guy who's you know however old he is who's in charge of a huge service operation and he was a kid in the contest when I was a judge so you know yeah, maybe it is absolutely. time for me to yeah. move on I don't know yeah <laughs> yeah I guess hey. anything to tell us yeah well yeah. good talking to you John <laughs> all right all right take care bye-bye now yeah thank let's you. go bye-bye. all right take care bye-bye Let's go over to our buddy John Diamond. Mr. Diamond. Mr. Diamond. Yes, sir. Hey, how are you? Not bad. I was trying to figure out, is it still morning or is it afternoon now? Uh, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know. It's uh, <laughs> uh, Well, I know, it's, I know it's not quite time for the, uh, for the uh, uh, big Endicott Estate Car Show yet. I know it's not time uh, for that. Not quite, but believe it or not, we've had a couple of meetings that take so long to put it together. And it's always a new crew because the old crew's all tired. <laughs> well, and, 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 you, and, and I did have kind of an interesting experience at an uninter... Well, not... Um, I met your music DJ, uh, uh, Cruising with Bruce. Um, oh, yeah. I met, I met Bruce... Uh, kind of not in a good way i met him two weeks ago at uh at uh a mutual friend's wake but uh uh, yeah yeah yeah, well it it you know if it was kind of a it was a a guy about my age and unfortunately passed away but um he had a whole group of um of uh car folks that he used to hang out with and and uh bruce the guy you use for dj work uh, was uh, was one of one of his friends. In fact, he's got the he's got the garage with the lift in it. So everybody tends to meet at his garage. So ah. um, yeah. So so uh, he he has an automatic uh, group of friends and uh, and actually the group together. Uh, this guy this guy Donald Leary who worked for AAA for a whole bunch of years um, had uh, he got a uh, he had a small collection of cars, but he also had an old uh, one ton truck from the I think of 46 or 7 or something like that and it was a part but all the guys are going to get together and put it back together for his wife so his wife can his wife can sell it as a complete truck and so kind of a nice kind of a nice thing in its own way but a nice guy and I'd never met him before so that sounds like fun yeah 
Yeah, you know, considering it was a wake, you know, so, uh, but but at, at the at the back corner of the wake, they actually had a video going of all the good times that Don and his buddies had together oh. hanging out at the garage, and, and uh, it was it was actually kind of a nice thing, so it was, uh, you know, it, it, it was one of those, you know, they called it a celebration of life, um, but, he, you know, he... Uh, he was able to. He was able to. He he stopped working a couple of years ago, but he was able to enjoy the last couple of years, which is kind of nice. So, that's so that's uh, nice. Yeah. So, uh, are you just checking in with us this morning, John? Well, yeah. I just wanted to thank you very much for the tickets. I enjoy the show oh. every year, and every year I find something that uh, is not quite right. This year, I found out slowly but surely the cars are getting much smaller, or I'm getting much bigger, one or the other. Well, I, you know, I have some clothes in my closet that I think are shrinking, too, so. <laughs> and the, the, the show's always good because if you don't want to buy a car, you can always get a new roof or some combination windows <laughs> or a shoeshine kit or something. Well, you know, you know, I, I, when I walked by the Anderson replacement window display, <laughs> yeah. I kind of scratched my head and looked at that. Now, when I saw the old uh, Land Rover Defender, uh, yeah, with all yeah. the le- with all the leather luggage on it, I actually stopped and talked to the guy who owned that company that makes the luggage, and I didn't I never mentioned the luggage at all because I was interested in the in the Defender, and it was he actually bought it in Ireland and had it shipped over. Huh. So it so it actually had a pretty it was a right hand drive and a little diesel engine in it, and he bought it in Ireland and had it shipped here, and it went through customs okay, and, and he uses it as a prop for his business, but it's actually, it was actually a pretty nice little car. You know, it's funny. I can't quite get used to the what they're trying to sell us now on three-cylinder engines, yeah. but uh, I suppose I'll get used to it after a while. Well, you know, it's like I remember the first time that I went from a, a V8 to a V6 engine in a full-size car and said, geez, I don't know about this V6. And now a V6 is a big engine. And, uh, and you know, everything's, everything's four cylinders. And even my own little car, um, it had the previous model had a V6 engine in it. Um, the new model has a four-cylinder engine in it, and it makes 10 more horsepower than the old one did. With two uh, cylinders. To know. I know, I know. Hey, Mr. Diamond, always a pleasure talking to you. And, well, uh, thank thanks you. Check- and thanks thank for checking in with us. All right, okay. take care. Yep, bye bye. Well, we're going to see if the commercials work. Dennis has some confidence. Hey, I hear music. This is all a good yeah, sign. It's right good now. times. Yeah, yeah. Let's take that break. You're listening to the Car Doctor program on AM 950 WROL, the Spirit of Boston. Welcome back to the Car Doctor program on AM 950 WROL, the spirit of Boston. Well, best laid plans didn't work, did they? Uh, So the commercials didn't play over the air. They did play in the studio, but not over the air. So... uh, it, no, they didn't actually um, play in the studio either. They, I could see oh, okay. them on the on our system saying that they were yeah. playing, but they weren't. But they weren't. But they weren't. But we have huh. music, so we have bumper music, we, so I can get well, you. Yeah, we have bumper music, so yes. we're ha- we're halfway there. We're halfway and there. So we also have Michael on the phone. If you want to go to him, 
I I do. And then maybe when we come back, maybe we'll maybe we'll uh, play that. We'll see if that works. We'll play the that interview with uh, with James Bell, the head of Kia Public Relations, about the Kia Telluride. Maybe we'll do that. But right now, let's talk to Mike. Mike, good morning. Good morning. Morning, car doctor. Hey, how are you? Very good. Sounds like you're out of breath. Um, I've been running back and forth from here to the station, you know, so. <laughs> I know. Uh, hey, just a few things I want to thank you for the tickets. Uh, I, I took my daughter. Uh, I've been taking her since I used to spring up from high school. And uh, uh, sign her out at high school, you know, and she's in her late 30s now. So it shows you how long you know, we've been doing that for. 20-something years now. Uh, as far as the car show, uh, looking on the positives, I, I thought three three key things of the show. One, I think that new Telluride and that new Hyundai and Rio uh, Kia are going to yeah. cause some problems. For the matter of fact, those are pretty nice-looking cars. Yeah, I yeah think, they really are. I, I think the Mazda had the best Booth. As far as I was concerned, the Mazda had the best booth. I would enjoyed it. There was more, you know, just a feeling when you went there. I think they they just did a really nice job. And you're probably going to bane me from the show when I when I when I say that I thought the best car that I liked it, the best there. I said and it was a Lincoln Continental. <laughs> uh, it was actually not a bad, you know, I could pick a car, but that was actually a nice car. The fit and finish on it. The seats they had in it, I mean, I, and the color was beautiful. I mean, uh, but I just thought that was, uh, you know, not taking in the big high-end cars, but that yeah. was just a nice-looking car. Yeah. And Consumer Reports gives a pretty good reliability, too. Yeah, yeah, and it has it. I it has almost too many adjustments on the seats. I think it has, I don't know, 22 adjustments or something. Uh, Square. I, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think, I think what they really should have, done though is they they made i don't know a hundred or a couple hundred with um suicide rear doors and i think if they made it from the start with that that would have set it so far apart from every other four-door luxury car that it really would have you know even though those are not particularly practical but just just to be that interesting um you know lincoln did it before you know back in the back in the 60s so why couldn't they do it again yeah yeah, the last thing I wanted to comment to you, uh, difference changing the dial on you quickly here, is that and, uh, I've been amazed. I've been looking at the the, the ads in the paper. Looks like uh, Chevy Corvette 2019. You can buy them for like almost for easily fifteen thousand off. You can go to Corvette, which is the biggest Corvette dealer down in New Jersey, or the guy up in New Hampshire, McCulkin, whatever his name is up there. Yep. Uh, they're uh, forty five thousand dollars. Brand new Corvette, drive out the door. It, it it's funny you say that. It's funny you say that because the woman who's the head of um, of uh, the automotive part for U.S. World News Report, um, Jamie Page Deaton, who I've known for a long time, Jamie apparently has decided that it was such a good deal to buy one, even though a Corvette is impractical for a mother of two. Um, right. She's gonna she's gonna go buy one. She's like, she's I, like, it's such a good, she, she says, where can you get the performance and the value in this car for that kind of money? And it makes, it makes a ton of sense. Yeah, really. I mean, they, like I said, they're all, they're the base models, but still the best model in a Corvette's pretty good. But between, like I say, the guy down in New Jersey and the person yep. up in New Hampshire and some of the local guys here, I mean, they're all stuck at 60K and you can buy it for yep. 45K. You know, yeah, it's such a deal, you know? It, it is, and and 
it uh, I haven't driven a 2019 but I drove a 2018 so essentially the same car and yeah. I got what a fantastic car yeah, yeah. no yeah. They, I mean, yep. it's a great deal. Listen, thank you very much for hey, the tickets and had a great anytime. time. Anytime. Uh, bye-bye. All right. Take care, Mike. Thank you. All right. Um, I think we have uh, that interview with James Bell. Speaking of the Kia Telluride, uh, Dennis, is that is that queued up and ready to go? We're ready whenever you are. All right. And... Uh, um, Let's just let's just let's just play it. You know the Kia Telluride. The Kia Telluride has has uh, won some awards. Let's see what James Bell has to say about it. So uh, with us on the phone is James Bell, director of corporate communications for Kia Motors America. And back when you were here in New England at the New England Motor yes. Press meeting uh, and showing off the Kia Telluride. Uh, yeah. We actually, we actually thought, uh, we actually thought it was a winner back then. But uh, North American Car and Truck of the Year, huh? Well, I'll take you a step further. The Triple Crown of awards with the uh, Motor Trends SUV of the Year, Car and Drivers Ten Best, and now uh, North American uh, Jury voted it uh, Best SUV of the Year. So yeah, it's it's the first uh, accomplishment um, in the SUV space. So rather historic to do this. And uh, as you say, John, it kind of confirms what we th- well, we all thought about this thing, that um, not only was the market uh, and this segment hot, but it came in and became the hottest player in this hot segment. So it's, it's been a lot of fun, and we're really proud of the vehicle and all the people that uh, have, have worked so hard to produce it. And uh, for people who maybe aren't familiar with the Telluride, uh, bigger than a bread box, how would you describe it as a Big midsize, a midsize. Uh, how would you? What char- What kind of characteristics would you give it? I, I would say. I mean, I think officially it's considered a midsize SUV, but it's definitely on the on the plus size of that, or plus side, I should say. It's um, can be uh, set up to be an eight passenger vehicle, um, uh, five thousand pounds towing, uh, amazing torque vectoring, all wheel drive system. So it's it's a very capable machine. It's not just a people mover. As, as so many other SUVs in the segment are these days. This is a, a real machine that has uh, really captured and imagination of not only the, the local hey, Dennis, media. I can still hear that. I should say national media. Uh, yes. In fact, even international media. I was having some conversations can, with can some journalists uh, last month uh, from around the world at a special event, and they were all uh, lamenting the fact that it wasn't for sale in their markets, in England and Germany and some others. Um, but w- we need them all here. They're all sold out. And uh, we think that this, uh, as we say, kind of plus size of the midsize uh, SUV segment is, is where the heat is, and, and we brought uh, a really a killer machine to the, to the fight. Yeah, it, it really is. It's a, it's a great car, and it is a car that fools people as far as the yeah. price goes. People look at their car and say, well, it's going to be in the premium segment. It's going to be a luxury car. But, in fact, it's not really priced like a luxury car at all. No, no, it's crazy. In fact, I don't think my bosses would appreciate me telling you this, but when um, my, my department here at Kia is responsible for putting together pricing letters when we get a new vehicle or uh, coming out or any sort of updates to existing vehicles, and when I saw the numbers for the Telluride, I immediately sent an email back to our pricing department and said, I, you may have made a mistake here. <laughs> I think I think this vehicle, from what I know about it, uh, it could probably justify a little bit higher price. 
and they said, no, this is the way we're going to do it, and and it's really uh, given a, a, the value story such a uh, such a boost. I mean, you, if, to start off at around forty, but then to go full in, you know, the 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 tip of the uh, tip of the iceberg machine, if you will, the very best Telluride you can buy is still under fifty. Yeah. And when when so much media is comparing it, uh, you know, from a, a looks perspective to a Land Rover or Range Rover, I should say, well, that's that's high praise indeed, and we're very very proud of it. Yeah, I think when you were out at the New England Motor Press meeting, you showed a video and you had, you know, I think you may have actually been in Telluride at the same time, yeah. and uh, and you showed a video and you kind of had people guessing about price and actually who made the car, yeah. and people were shocked at the price and that it actually came from Kia. I know, that was a lot of fun. We went up to Telluride and, and uh, let them know that there was going to be a new vehicle in town to celebrate their little uh, funky little town there in, in southwestern Colorado. Um, but you're right. I, I was just showing photographs of it. In fact, thanks for bringing this up. I'm going to break this video out again. I think it might be time to have some fun with that. Um, but, yeah, we would say here's, here's what it's going to look like. Here's what we think uh, it's competing against. And consistently people said, no, this looks like much, much more. Uh, interior and exterior. And again, you know, the automobile industry is a, is a fickle place. You, sometimes vehicles come out and you think, oh, this is going to be an automatic home run and it just doesn't resonate. And other times there's dark horses that just really capture uh, local imagination. And, and that's what te the, the Telluride has done. We're running about a four and a half to five month back order right now on this vehicle. So uh, I'm excited to tell your listeners about it, but at the same time, if they're interested in one, they better go get their name on the list quickly because it's it's locked down, sold out. It's so um, sold out, John, that uh, myself, I'm not even allowed to order one as an executive in the company for my company car, and neither is our president. Everyone that we make is going right out to dealerships, and what a what a fantastic problem to have. Well, you can probably just order a Stinger or something and be happy enough for a little while. Well, I, honestly, I am driving a Stinger right now, so <laughs> I, that, that does help me get through the day. You're right. <laughs> I can't imagine. And so, um, like you said, this is this is sort of the trifecta. You kind of hit it all the way around. Everybody looked at yeah. this vehicle and were so impressed with it. Uh, build quality, ride, uh, quiet, and performance, too. And at you know first glance, you go, oh, the V6 engine, you know, what's the performance? But the performance is really good. I think the best way I can describe it is it's very, um, it's like an athlete and the coordination that you see in a professional athlete. It does everything just so comfortably. Uh, you know, if you're driving it and you come onto an off-ramp a little quicker than you should, you can just control it very easily. The brakes are strong, the steering is, is direct, the suspension is, is tight but not jarring. Uh, and then on the flip side, you're getting on the freeway and oh it looks like traffic's going quicker than you want there's still plenty of power afoot it just again it, it's got that professional athlete level of of being coordinated and feeling very uh um, com confident and comfortable and i think that is uh other features that really made the the you know all the media and in this case the north american car of the year car and driver and motor trend journalists all say yeah this is the winner and uh it's still like all kia products great warranty right Oh yes, yeah, hundred thousand miles, ten years on the powertrain. Uh, that that's uh, something that Kia uh, established. Well, I guess ten, twelve years ago now, uh, not going anywhere. Uh, but it's funny you say that. Uh, there's a review that I just saw uh, the headline for. I haven't had a chance to read it yet in Car and Driver magazine with their long-term vehicle, and and it looked like the gist of it was that 
nothing's going wrong with it. We don't really have anything to report. <laughs> it's kind of, it, it's, it's so good. It's boring. And, uh, so that's always a, a great first step. And it, it's good to know you have that long-term warranty in place, but, uh, it seems more and more often uh, as our key quality overall grows, that warranty is, is kind of sliding into the back a little bit. It's not as important to our current buyers. Well, just to let you know, just uh, before we were chatting today, I'm working on the ballots for the New England Motor Press mm-hmm. official winter vehicle of New England, and you never know, we might see you in May for a, an award presentation. Well, you know, it's always a pleasure to come to the Northeast, and, um, uh, you know, I, I might have a little extra room in my trophy shelf, so <laughs> if, if that works out, that'd be lovely. All right. Hey, James, thanks for taking some time out and joining us up here in Boston on the Car Doctor program on AM 950 WROL. Very good. We hope to see you soon. And that was James Bell, the head of public relations for Kia, about the new Kia Telluride. Why don't we take a break? We'll be back in just a couple minutes. My name's John Paul. This is the Car Doctor Program. You're listening on AM 950 WROL, The Spirit of Boston. Welcome back to the Car Doctor program on a, uh, how could this be described, a bumpy road trip of the Car Doctor program, I think might be the best way to talk about it. Well, um, since there was a promotion for the new Gremlins coming out, that's what I'm blaming it on, Gremlins. Is that what it is, the new Gremlins? Yes, yep. there's a new movie yep. coming out, yes. Hey, uh, you you sent me a message yesterday about uh, a new DeLorean coming out? Yeah. Yeah. It looks, it, looks fantastic. Um it looks a little sleeker than the old one. It looks supercar-ish, where before it was kind of a... I mean, it, it certainly had a very unique look, but the new one looks, you know, it looks more... Uh, it's wider, more angular. Yeah, and lower to the ground. More, yeah, lower to the ground. I thought it could get much uh, lower. Yeah. Well, the, the, old, the old DeLorean... Which, you know, whether you, you know, wh- whatever side of the story you believe, whether the DeLorean was nothing more than a way to launder drug money or not, um, the, uh, it had, it had, inherent, it had a few problems. Like, you know, every single one was stainless steel, which yes. n- not everybody likes having the same color car. Correct. You know, people, you know, and uh, it was kind of nice because if you did get a scratch in it, it was easy to fix. You just went over with a Brillo pad and you could literally just, rub the scratch out of it um it was powered by a pretty generic uh v6 engine that was used in peugeot's and volvo's in europe uh, it really wasn't that powerful or good um and then of course it was gullwing doors which meant if you parked in a parking space um it wasn't like some of the gullwing doors that sort of fold and don't take up any room to open them you couldn't get out so if you parked in a tight parking space you couldn't open the door to get out which was kind of a problem and then of course the wind it didn't really have windows it had like a porthole thing so it had a lot of impracticality about it um I because still want i'm one, though. Uh, yeah i i i almost bought one once and it was a woman who owned it 
and to use a bad expression, she hit everything but the lottery with the car. Oh it had more dents and dings all over it. And I could have bought it fairly inexpensively. Um, and But I went. I took it to a body shop. I was doing some service on it. And I took it to a body shop and asked them whether they could take the dents out of it and paint it. I wanted to paint it. I wanted to paint it like a um, like a dark blue. And they said... They could, but it was going to cost about twenty thousand dollars, <laughs> which was which was going to be about three times more than I was willing to pay for the car. So, um, and I think the woman only wanted, you know, six or seven thousand dollars for the car because she actually hated it. So, it was one of those weird. It was one of those weird things, and and it wasn't really, you know, it had to be thirty some odd years ago now. So it was one of those things that it was. Uh, Almost considered it, but uh, it, you know it was leaking some oil. It had a lot of it had a lot of inherent problems. So anyway, um, got an email. Well, you know that still works, and it said uh, uh, somebody somebody from uh, the Teachers College of Columbia University. He, this guy is the chief information officer, and he said I'm having similar problems to what you always talk about with Subarus. I can't leave the car stationary for more than two days. Or the battery dies. Obviously, there's a system drain uh, that continues to go after you shut the car off. Subaru, Subaru needs to address this problem uh, appropriately. Well, I thought they did with the 2018s. This was kind of a 16, 17, 15, 16, 17 issue. And kind of, they, Subaru had a couple of issues. One was, some of them actually did, and this one may just be broken. Uh, but some of them... Um, Subaru had a very sophisticated charging system that, you know, you think about the way a charging system in a car works. It's basically a generator that replenishes the electricity in the battery. So when you're driving down the road, if you think of the battery as a big container of water, think of it as a gallon of water. And as the, you know, as the water gets used up, the generator makes more water, refills the battery, you know, kind of think of it in simple terms that way. Way back when, um, in the 60s, I think, when Chrysler came out with alternators, their alternator was a little bit different than everybody else's because when it was idling, it didn't make electricity. So if you idle the Chrysler product for a really long period of time, it would actually it would actually kill the battery because it wasn't making electricity in an idle where Ford and GM opted to be able to generate some electricity at stops and Chrysler did it for whatever reason they did it. Today, fast forward a bunch of, you know, 100,000 years later and Subaru does something very similar. They turn the charging system on when the computer thinks the battery needs to be recharged. Well, it's obvious that they're having a problem with that because it the charging system profile and I actually saw somebody actually did a whole long involved thing and they measured when the vehicle was charging and when it wasn't so for instance if you turn the seat heaters on the generator alternator would kick in and charge the battery back up but other times you were basically cruising along using electricity but never putting electricity back so you were using using water and never replenishing it until it ran out and then what happens the battery's very low on charge, very low on electricity. You park it for a couple of days, and even when today's cars are shut off, there's always a little bit of electrical use. The most basic car, 
yeah, the clock still works and the radio presets are still locked in. So when you get in the car, you don't have to, you don't have to look at all those, you know, reprogram all that stuff. But today's cars is several computers that are are continually working, maintaining memory of certain things. So when you start up the car, it doesn't have to learn all over again. And that's what happens sometimes when you disconnect a battery in the car and you hook it back up and the car doesn't run right for a few minutes because it's relearning all of the electrical things. Well, that was one of the things that happened. Uh, Subaru batteries didn't have enough reserve capacity. And if you do the basic math, you know, using my basic, you know, elementary school math level and you say okay the reserve capacity of the battery is so many amp hours and there's so many so much amperage coming out of the charging system under normal characteristics it should well the car should be able to sit for 30 days and the car should start with no problem in fact most cars today if you do that kind of math which is inherently inaccurate in some ways because you never really quite know you know cars should be able to sit for 60 days without any real problem before the car restarts so you know having the car sit for two days is a major draw in the system unless this person is just driving maybe a mile or two every day well it's not going to recharge the battery enough to get it going to recharge it up to a full level and what Subaru has done it's my understanding what they've done is they've reprogrammed the charging profile so it charges at a different rate so it charges more often and the other thing is they did they put a bigger battery in uh, that has more reserve capacity so that kind of didn't fix the problem because the problem is that you didn't charge it enough but at least it gave you the reserve capacity so the car could do you know, st stay for a reasonable period of time. But yeah, 2018 Subaru Outback with a dead battery that dies after two days. Sounds to me like there's a light on, the fuel pump's still running, the um, evaporative emission system, there's a pump in there that's still running, a seat heater's on, even though the key is shut off. Um, the key fob is being located too close to the car. That's another one that's actually pretty popular. If you're somebody who parks in a garage, and you don't take the key fob out of the car. You just leave it in the glove box or leave it in the cup holder because it's your car is locked up in the garage. Well, if you've ever noticed, if you have one of these keyless start systems, when you walk up to the car, the key recognizes the car or the car recognizes the key. And when that happens, it starts to turn some accessories on. It might even turn the fuel pump on. So when you go to start the car, it starts up right away. So... Um, Volkswagen, for instance, puts a switch in the driver's side door that when you open up the driver's side door, it actually it actually runs the fuel pump, so the fuel pump's at full pressure for a second, so the car starts right up. So, you know, if somebody, if this person from Merrick, New York, who probably is listening on the stream, maybe, um, said uh, if he leaves his key fob in his car, well, that could be the whole issue. So... Uh, you know, take the key fob away from the car and see if that solves the problem. But what you need to do first is you need to fully recharge the battery. So either get a battery charger, bring it back to the Subaru dealer, and have them charge it slowly. That's the best way to charge a battery, slowly. And uh, that will help maintain the battery so it works the way it's supposed to. Um, Judy Kelly emailed me and said, I recently attended the Boston Auto Show because I'm in the market for a small F SUV. I've narrowed the choices down to the Nissan Rogue the Toyota RAV4, and the Buick Envision. They each seem to have their pros and cons, and I was wondering which one you would recommend. I've never even seen the Envision on the road. 
but it was com it was comfortable and as nice as the other two models. Your thoughts would be appreciated. I have, um, yeah, the, um, you know, you kind of wonder how much longer Buick's going to stay. I saw a Buick SUV yesterday, which I hadn't seen on the road before. Uh, Good-looking car. Um, the Buick Envision, I believe, is one of the Chinese-made Buicks. It's actually made in a Buick factory in China and shipped back here. Um, it is um, okay. The Buick Envision and uh, the other Buick models are Buicks that I would probably want to lease versus buy because I would worry about the resale value and how they hold their value. Um, the Nissan Rogue, a lot of people like it. I would put it about mid-category. The Toyota RAV4, I really can't find much wrong with it. Um, the RAV4 was always my number two choice. It was always, I always I kind of looked at uh, the Honda CRV first and the RAV4 second. The last RAV4 I drove, I was really, really impressed with it. I thought they did a really nice job with it. It rode well. It was comfortable. It was as roomy as the the original first generation Highlander, which really made it, uh, which really made a pretty nice car. So um, I would go, I would go with the Rav4 only because typically you know the Toyota products, even though sometimes they don't, you know, they don't do as well on some of the some of the uh, consumer polls and so forth. Typically, they hold their value really well. They're pretty. They're they're pretty good as far as um, maintenance issues. Um, yeah, they do some goofy stuff too. But still, overall, I would go if I was going to keep it for ten years. I would go Rav Four first. I also, in that size category, I might look at. Um, I might look at a Tucson. Just uh, give it a look. Give you know, give the Hyundai and Kia products a look. Um, I would love to say I'll, uh, say go look at the new Ford Escape. I saw the new Ford Escape when I was at the auto show. I haven't driven one yet. It looks very stylish. Um, if you if style is important to you, again, kind of reliability. Um, looks like some of the other cars are sort of doing a little bit better. Um, but take a look. I I just cut a little uh, uh, article out. It's this is from. Uh, uh, someplace in Washington, and it says, A day with a mobile mechanic. David uh, Gingrass worked in several auto repair shops, both dealerships and independents, before he joined Mobile Car Doctor, which is what made me, wait, that's me. Well, he said, join Mobile Car Doctor, mobile mechanic business in Phoenix. After the mobile provider Wrench acquired the company in 2017, Gingrass became a full-time service technician for Wrench in the Seattle area. Gingrass likes his job. It pays him an hourly wage. He, he declined to disclose how much he makes, but um, rather than compensate him under the flat rate system, which most franchise dealerships use, despite his unpopularity with many techs, he gets health insurance, a 401k retirement plan, and profit sharing. He gets to work on a variety of vehicles and appreciates that his hours are flexible. Some days you'll be doing 10 hours, but other days you'll be home by 3. He adds that he prefers to deal directly with his customers rather than through a service advisor. Um, this came from Fixed Ops Journal, a company Gingrass on his workday last month. His jobs included a full service on a 2012 Prius C. During his shift, he changed two types of coolant motor oil and oil filter, spark plugs, and brake pads. Although this day was uneventful, Gingrass says he always needs to be prepared to tell customers what's wrong with their vehicles, even if they may not understand what they uh, what could happen. Oftentimes, if a customer thinks they know what the problem is, it's not that problem. Yeah, that sometimes happens. 
you have to explain that it isn't a bad key or a bad alternator, but a fuse or a powertrain control module controller. Um, so uh, kind of an interesting idea. I know I've talked to people at work about mobile diagnostics. A lot of people think, and, and mobile diagnostics and repair, a lot of people think it's a great idea to be able to go out and do that. Um, you know, maybe in maybe in Phoenix, I don't know about Washington State where it's cold and snowy and rainy, the idea of having to set up a tent or something to work on a vehicle in inclement weather sounds like uh, not that much fun to me. I haven't done a car review in a long, long time, so I'd like to talk about kind of a car you don't see every day, and maybe, maybe uh, Judy Kelly might want to even consider this. Mm, maybe. Um, it's the Eclipse Cross by Mitsubishi. It's a compact SUV that competes with the likes of the Hyundai Tucson, Ford Escape, or Jeep Compass. The Eclipse Cross comes in 10 possible configurations, all using the same 1.5-liter turbocharged engine connected to an automatic transmission. Um, the Eclipse Cross can be ordered in front-wheel or all-wheel drive versions. Our road test was in the SELS um, AWC, that translates into an all-wheel drive model with a sporty feel. The 1.5-liter turbocharged engine provides sprightly performance, but the engine is rated at only 142 horsepower and 184 foot-pounds of torque. Torque to horsepower is actually pretty good, so uh, it does feel like it takes off pretty well. This translates into a vehicle uh, performance is certainly adequate, but uh, not that sporty. Under hard acceleration, the engine gets a little bit buzzy. The automatic CVT, continually variable transmission, our model had paddle shifters to add to the sporty feel. I can tell you, every car I drive with paddle shifters, I guess because I'm a fairly normal driver, especially something like this, I wouldn't feel like the necessity of, I'm going to put it in manual mode and drive it like a sports car. First off, it's an SUV, so it's not a sports car. Uh, but maybe that's just me. I, don't, I I find that leave it and drive and let it do its job. And, you know, if it was a, you know, Formula One car with paddle shifters, yeah, that's fun. Or, or maybe even maybe even a high-performance car, you know, something like a, a Hellcat or something. Yeah, paddle shifters might make it a little bit more fun to drive. But normal a normal car, you know, I, I remember getting in a, in a minivan once that had paddle shifters. I'm like, I just don't get it. I, I can see sometimes paddle shifters might be worthwhile if you were towing and you wanted to manually downshift so you could get more torque so you could tow a trailer up a heavy hill or something like that. Uh, but in most cases, most transmissions do a pretty good job, even the CVT transmissions. So, um, the handling is average. The ride goes from slightly jarring on some roads to wallowing a bit on turns. The electric power steering doesn't give the driver a whole lot of feedback, but the tight turning radius makes it easy uh, for uh, parking. You can, you know, zip around a parking lot pretty easily. You know, if you misjudge that parking face, is parking space, the the uh, turning radius is pretty good. You can pull right in usually with no problem. At highway speeds, there's a little bit of noise entering the cabin, but nothing objectionable. Our test model had a full complement of safety technology, including forward collision mitigation with high-speed braking capabilities, pedestrian detection. There was also lane departure warning, a head-up display. What's that mean? That's that kind of holographic display that shows up in the windshield that typically will tell you your speed, uh, depending on how sophisticated it is, uh, would give you brake warnings. Um, some fancy cars, it will even have pedestrian detection, so it will see, you'll be able to see that image of a pedestrian even though you can't see it in the head-up display. Um, 
you know, sometimes I like it, sometimes I don't. Sometimes it just seems in the way. Sometimes it feels like I just ignore it. Uh, and if you wear, like a lot of systems today, if you wear polarized sunglasses, sometimes it makes it really hard to see. Uh, it, the polarization of glasses kind of makes it go away. Fuel economy averaged about 24 miles per gallon with uh, my time behind the wheel. The cabin of our upscale model was finished with a leather interior, heated front, and heated rear seats. There's plenty of leg room, but long-legged drivers may maybe looking for a little bit more uh the seat height and door opening make for a comfortable entry and exit so if you're if you're getting in and out of a car sometimes a little bit of a challenge you should look at an suv an suv can be a good choice for people to be able to kind of slide in and out of without having to lift up and make it a little bit more difficult the leather steering wheel on a test model was also heated kind of an unexpected feature in a vehicle um of this price point. The rear seating is comfortable for two adults, can fit three at least for short trips. The second row seat can slide to improve leg room. That's always kind of nice when you can sacrifice some cargo room to put passengers in the back and if you need to put stuff in the back you move the seat up, squish, them, squish the passengers a little bit. Our test model also had Apple CarPlay and Android Auto allowing the capabilities of your smartphone to be linked to the 7 inch display. I'm starting, that's one of the things that I think I feel bad that I didn't get in my car when I bought the most basic models, Apple CarPlay. To be able to hook up your smartphone, doesn't have to be a wicked smartphone, but kind of a smartphone, to um, the interior of the car so basically your navigation system works directly through the display. You know, if you listen to music online, things like that, it works directly through the display. Now granted, you if you have an audio in and out port, um, you can port it in through the system so you can hear it uh, but the uh, but Apple CarPlay and Android Auto work work really nice well I'll say that they work really nice in the cars they work with now I have an older Apple iPhone um, I think maybe it's a 5 or a 6 it's an older one because they come out with a new one every week um, when I use uh, Apple CarPlay in some of the new cars I test drive sometimes they work perfect sometimes they work just okay so if you're out and George Kennedy said this the other last week when we were talking to him that you don't just road test the car today you road test road test the tech in the car so if something like Apple CarPlay or other electronic features are important don't just take the car for a ride make sure all of that other stuff is going to be things that that meet all of your needs with your vehicle um, and you know, my car didn't have Apple CarPlay because to get Apple CarPlay, you needed to buy the next level or maybe even two levels up in vehicle. I didn't do that because I'm cheap. Right, Dennis? Correct. Yep. Um, the optional sunroof in our car added to the open feel, and it was a good-sized sunroof, and it's kind of nice. Um, I. It's been two cars since I've had a sunroof, and uh, I always liked having a sunroof. Uh, and I will say one of the one of the, my favorite cars with a sunroof actually had a little sunroof visor thing that rather than a little pop-up thing, it, it was actually a plastic piece that kind of was glued onto the roof of the car. And you could drive with the sunroof open completely and you didn't get that buffeting inside the car. It was actually really kind of nice. Much better than the pop-up ones that tend to work in most cars. Um, See, also in our John, car... Yes. I love sunroofs. I, I mean, I love them when they work right because... Yep. They, I mean, granted, they take away my headspace a little bit, but um, when I don't have it, 
it just seems the car is that much darker. Like I like the light coming in and I'm not, you know me, I, I keep the station as dark as possible, but when I'm in my car, I like to have the light come in. And yeah, you, you do, ha- you do have, a. um, who was who was the who was one of the DJs in WKRP that had all the had all the Venus flytrap? Yeah, you you're the Venus flytrap. Uh, <laughs> uh, you know, you could turn off all the lights and light a couple of candles in That's there. Exactly you know? it. Yeah, yeah, and you know, and I'm old and my vision's not that good, so I need a little bit more light. And apparently, I have a little OCD because I like the four uh, big windows to have the blinds at the same height. Oh yeah, you'd be going nuts today. Oh, uh, they're all crooked. Well, that and that, that and a bit of a technology issue. So to finish up here, the Eclipse Cross by Mitsubishi offers a significant number of features and an outstanding warranty. Um, in addition, the styling is very contemporary, standing out from other compact SUVs. If you're looking for an SUV that's not just a box with a box on top of it, uh, take a look at it. There are a few, um, you know, certainly a few shortcomings, but uh, the Eclipse Cross is worth a look at least take a look and see what you think of it. Yeah, you know, there's some things some things I like and some things I don't. Uh, some of the new cars also, LED headlights are replacing halogen lights. And from Consumer Reports, they, they said uh, they found a great variation in how much, how much LED lights perform. Some provide much better illumination than others, according to Jennifer Stockberger, director of the CR, Consumer Reports Auto Test Center. Make sure a night drive is, in, is a priority to ensure your headlights provide adequate light. Our testing at AAA found that most cars, when the low beams are on, don't provide enough light to be able to see going at over 45 miles an hour. You're actually out driving your headlights. So as much as I get people that write to me and say headlights are way too bright, in most cases they're actually not bright enough. Um, I have yet to do LED replacement bulbs on any of my vehicles. I do want to do LED replacement bulbs on the backup lights of my Hyundai because the backup lights are awful. I think they're just license plate light bulbs that are squished in there. So I'd like to do an LED to see if there's more light from them. And I don't. I also like to give LED headlights a shot when you when you when you go out and buy LED headlights. One of the things you need to be aware of is that you have to buy a good brand. If you don't, and your car is a little bit sophisticated and uses something called controller area network wiring, it will actually turn a warning out that says you have a headlight off because they don't draw much amperage and that can be a problem so more light less amperage is good but it you need to trick it into thinking it's working hey i think uh bob brooks is uh again filling in for our buddy paul sullivan hey John, robert yeah, are you there is, yeah this is eight, eight the eighth week in a row eighth week in a row it's uh, eight week in a row yeah, you must be out of music no, actually, I'm, I bet I'm you're not. not. No, I yeah. go through I go through a painstaking process of ensuring that I don't play the same uh, song each week in a row. So it's, uh, you know, it's uh, yeah, that's what I do. Yeah, and you're right. It looks like you could grow mushrooms in the studio here right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it's uh, you know that's one of those things that happens. But yeah, no, it's uh, uh, the good thing is I worked out all the bugs for you. So the station's going to be working perfectly for you for you now. Yeah, no, I appreciate that. It's a team effort. I know we're all texting each other back and forth. And- I I know. I, I saw. I saw. I think it was up to either five or six people on the text message, and I apologize for the ding on my phone that you might have heard. But uh, I was just giving you a hard yeah. time, John. Don't worry yeah. about it. All right. Uh, 
Well, the leprechauns, yeah, there was a bunch, the leprechauns are yeah. out already before St. Patrick's Day, pulling plugs yeah, and stuff like that. Yeah, that's, that's what it is. So hopefully uh, uh, everything sounds like it's squared away, everything's good. So you're going to be in really good shape. Uh, and, of course, our audience is in really good shape because where do they find the very best in Irish music? Right here on AM 950 WROL, the Spirit of Boston. They can listen on the stream. The stream is up and running the way it should be, WROLradio.com. So the very best in Irish music here all weekend on am 950 wrol until next week make sure you wear your seatbelt drive safely be good to your car talk to you next week bye bye